0: We are thinking about how we can be a church that makes disciples and one environment one tool that we think is really helpful for that is discipleship groups so for the last five sessions we've been thinking about the principles that make discipleship groups important but today i'm going to invite you into the multiverse into an alternate reality where i'm going to run a discipleship group with some other people and you get to watch it and then during it i'm going to give you some commentary, some insights that we've learned from doing it over the last four or five months of things that are important like context or possible hiccups to know why we're doing certain things. And today more than just observing a discipleship group, I want to invite you to participate. We're going to read the Bible together and rather than just listen to us read the Bible, you can also be reading the Bible, that spiritual reading we talked about last session, where we are asking God to speak to us through the Bible. Now, discipleship groups are groups of three, four, five people. You can do it with two if people cancel, where you are meeting regularly, fortnightly seems best, for an intense and focused session. You need about an hour to do these two things, to ask, what is God speaking to me about? What area of my life? And then to share with others, this is the step, this is what I'm going to do about it. This helps us get out of our just default life, our life of just going through the motions into new areas that God has for us, exciting new areas that allow us to grow. No one is going to put you into a discipleship group. What we want to do is give you this so that then you can start one if you want to. If you're prepared to give up the time commitment And if you're prepared to allow God to speak into your life, then I really recommend you do this. So just find a couple or a few other people. They don't have to go to Vineyard. They don't really even need to be Christians. If they are just on that journey of trying to explore and see what God might do in their life, then this is simple enough for anyone to do. This is the first part of it, our natural inclination towards inertia. We don't really want to be active and do these sorts of things. I mean, maybe some people do, but for a lot of us, it feels like an effort. It would be easier to do nothing. That is the default life. So my option now, very easy just to cancel, but actually we often need to push through, put that little effort in and do the group that we said. That was quick. Hi Ted, come in. Hey Ted, great to see you. How, how's everything going? There are six stages to a discipleship group, CABDAC, C-A-B-D-A-Q, and the first one, the C, is to chat and catch up. It's just a chance to say hello, but also importantly, find out how things have gone since the last discipleship group. So what's been going on? He was literally wearing the marigolds. Were four legs on this one chair. He was only from Kazakhstan. The temptation with this bit is to let it go on too long. Sometimes you can spend all your time doing chat and catch up and of course we want to because we are relational people. But something I've learned is that often we don't want to move into the next zone because it means taking control of what feels like a social time. So there is an emotional expenditure sometimes to say, shall we get on with it then? And this is important to notice because sometimes we just don't want to be the person that stops the chats and says, okay, let's do the next thing. So you just need to be aware of that because otherwise you can just have everyone there waiting to pray and read the Bible and never getting around to it because you end up on small talk and catching up all the time. So at some point, you need to move into that. Otherwise, these uh, sessions will become so long, no one will be able to find time to do them. So the next section is A, ask. We're just going to ask God to be involved. So should we just get going? Let me pray. God, we thank you that you are present with us. Thank you for uh, just that stuff Ted's been talking about and what you've done. I thank you for what you've done in my life since we last met. God, we pray that we would have ears to be hearing what you're saying to us this morning. Thank you, God, amen. Right, Ted, pick a number between one and 150. The third part is B, Bible. We are now gonna read the Bible. Now, you could go anywhere in the Bible, but the Psalms are a really good place to start. The Psalms were Jesus's worship playlist. They are just a good opportunity for us to read the Bible. Now, a couple of notes on this. It doesn't matter where you end up, but if it's a super long one, you don't have to read it all. You want to read a fair chunk. You want someone to read it out loud, or you want to go around and take turns reading it out loud. Uh, And if you're not reading, you want to be following it because we're wanting to go slow enough. We don't want to tune out. We're also not reading for information, so we are not trying to learn from it, which is another reason the Psalms are good. If there's things that you wonder, what's that about? You can look them up later and also just some notes lots of psalms are quite raw and maybe they are hard to understand so lots of times they talk about enemies a great way maybe to understand that is to think either of our spiritual enemy or just enemies that are stopping you living the life god would have you those things that you might describe as oh, i'm battling against this or that so sometimes the reason you don't do stuff is because you are battling against the fact that you just end up on Candy Crush all the time. That is your enemy. Just, you can read it like that. And the second thing is, sometimes world events are brought to mind as we read the Bible, especially at the moment with what's going on in Ukraine and because so many of the uh, Psalms are about war and injustice. That's all fine, but we are asking, what God, what do you want to do in here not we're not asking what God what do you want to do over there or what can you do over there so of course that's an important aspect but we're just going to never end up with what God wants us to do if we are always having our minds drawn to big situations around the world that we can't really get involved with in a practical way so we read the Bible together and we're just asking God to speak to us now It's really not, probably not going to be an audible voice, but it's just going to be something that stands out. It's going to be an idea, a theme, or a word that connects with your life, that just grabs your attention. Okay. 145. Good. Let's read it together. I will exhort you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. So after we read the Bible, we just have a moment of silence to reflect on it. We can run our eyes back across the page, go back to those bits that we kind of caught our attention and think about them. So Ted, what stood out to you in the passage? This is the genuinely scary part. I mean, I've done this a number of times and each time I just get terrified because I think how does this work? How does God speak to me? I've just read a psalm, what's going to happen? And yet every time, I think every time, maybe one or t- once it hasn't, but most times I really do feel there's something that stood out to me. And actually, it's quite reassuring that we feel nervous about it because if this was something we could just do, like so much of our religious activity stuff, we can just do, and it really, in some ways, doesn't matter whether God's there or not, then it's not as good as something where you think, I need you to do something or it's not gonna happen. And so throughout that Psalm, there's lots of places that we might find a connection and maybe you've already found a connection from it, but there's things like praising every day. Maybe we think, actually, I don't do that. I have days when I don't even think about God. Then we move into, what can I do about that? Or um, let each generation tell its children, maybe there's something about our families that we want to think about. Uh, sharing the story of your wonderful goodness. Is there someone who actually I've been meaning to talk to about my faith or there's something going on or an opportunity that I kind of fluffed last week when they said something and I could have said and now maybe I can go back and say, oh, you know, we were talking about that last week. Um, The Lord is merciful and compassionate. Maybe we are not really feeling that. Maybe we're thinking that he's not good and maybe there's something we want to do to meditate on how good and compassionate he is. The Lord helps the fallen. Is there something that God's calling us to do to help someone who is struggling, someone who is uh, bent beneath their loads? It says here that God satisfies people and gives them food. Is there someone that we can help out in a practical way? All these sorts of things are options to us. We just need to discern what is it that God has put his finger on. The next section is D, Discuss and Discern. This is where you have a conversation to try and find out what God might be saying to you. What, why do you think that stood out to you? Well, have you felt like that for a long time? What we're doing in this section is not trying to solve problems. We want, I want Ted to say, I think God is talking to me about this area of my life. My job then is just to help him reflect on it. The most powerful solutions to our lives are ones that come from within. So what we're not trying to do is say, oh, I've had that problem and this is how I've solved it. Sometimes it's helpful to share examples, but we are not trying to solve people's problems. What we're trying to do is help them reflect with the Holy Spirit's help on what God would have them do. And so we are working towards a practical outcome. I think that's a great idea. I think if you do that in this next couple of weeks, that'll probably be really helpful. As for me, what I want to do is and so I'm going to try that. We are now back to the second A and we're asking for God's help again. We're just going to pray and spend a little time praying for what we've talked about and for God's help in the fortnight ahead to do those things that we have, we've said we're going to do. Now, this is a more of a kind of prayer time where people might uh, pray and pray for each other and pray in specific ways. God, I thank you for Ted and what he shared. And I thank you for what you are doing in his life and what you've done over the last couple of weeks. And I pray that you would help Ted this next fortnight to have the courage to push into this area. um, And just that he would know that you are with him. In Jesus' name, amen. That's great, Ted. Thanks for coming around. I really enjoyed it. We'll do this again in a fortnight, same time, and hopefully Ken can join us. I'll see you out. And then the final bit, the last one, the cue, is question. When it's all over and you're on your own, you go back to your WhatsApp group or however you're communicating and you type in, next time we meet, ask me. And you put down the thing that you've committed to do. The act of verbalizing an action and then knowing people are going to ask you about it makes you far more likely to do it. There is no condemnation. There's no shame. There's no uh, religious legalism about this. You know, we meet, we're asking God to speak to us and give up, and then to work out the next step. Maybe that won't happen every time, it doesn't matter. Maybe you'll commit to do something and you won't do it. It doesn't matter, but what we want to do is start taking control of our life, so we don't live such a default life. Okay, so ask me next week if I make contact with that group. so the only thing now is for you to think do you want to do this and find a few people to do it with i have found personally this has been such a great process in my life it really has given me some momentum and a discovery of god in areas of my life that i hadn't really thought about or involved in so let's finish with praying for us as a church father we want to be a church that makes disciples And so we want to be a church made up of disciples. So help us be disciples. Help us enter into this discipleship journey with you. And I pray that we would uh, start to see change happen as we grow out of our default lives into new areas. In Jesus' name, Amen.